Are you looking for a better way to create your dream life? How to create wealth so you can enjoy your hobbies, friends, and family even more? Then this podcast is for you. We're Chris and Paul, and we're on a mission to help regular women and men gain access to passive income opportunities. Income opportunities that most people never even hear of. So let's start the show and create your fortune in wealth, health, and life, one step at a time. Hey everyone, today we're going to talk about the difference between a preferred return and a cash flow return. These terms are used when you're investing in real estate, right? And and obviously you can invest in lots of things and receive a preferred return or a cash flow return, but we're going to isolate on real estate today so we can just kind of explain a little bit more in detail how these returns differ And maybe we'll touch on some of the other types of returns that are in investments as well. So let's use an example. Let's say you invest, I'm going to use a high number. People can invest in multifamily real estate for as little as, let's say, $1,000. But let's just say you invested $100,000 for easy math and you were receiving projected, let's just say, 15 to 20% annual return. And we'll just use an example of 20% because, again, it's easy math. So if the the hold time was five years, right? So if you're going to invest in a multifamily apartment complex and you were going to hold that property for five years, uh, the sponsor group that was going to give you a return for your investment on your 100000 would be basically telling you on average, you would receive a 15 to 20% annual return, which would mean on average, on an annual basis, a yearly basis, your $100,000 investment should return somewhere around 20% each year for five years, okay? So that's the first thing to clarify. And I'm using high numbers here, but it's easy math, right? So 20%. Now, of the 20% return that you're getting, there's a calculation that goes into that overall return of 20%. And some people get confused by this. And here's kind of how it breaks down. Generally, that 20% consists of cash flow, right? Profits from the profit or from the property, sorry, that you will be sharing in. So when the rents are collected and things of that sort, you're going to get a piece of that. So some of that's going to come back to you in the way of cash flow. So whatever cash flow is available, you as a passive investor will get a share of that. Pretty cool, right? So if the cash flow was let's say 6% on the property after the bills and everything were paid, you might receive a 6% cash flow. So let's just use that number. Let's just say you received a 6% cash flow, okay? On $100,000, it's $6,000 a year uh, cash flow return that you'd be getting. So you're getting this cash flow at 6%, right? And if they said to you, well, you're gonna see a 20% average where does the other 14% come from, right? It's a little confusing. Well, the 14% would come from, if they hit their numbers, would come from the equity that was generated in the property as they were renovating it and bringing up the value through the income that they were producing. So you would get, in this example, 6% cash flow. It could be anything, 6, 8, 10%, whatever's available. Um And you would see the balance of your 20% overall return in the way of equity, okay? So generally, when you're seeing an average annual return projection, it will generally consist of some cash flow and some equity. 
And it's calculated at the end of the deal, but kind of based on an annual calculation. So we look at each year and say, okay, well, where did we where do we produce profits? Well, maybe one year it was four percent cash flow as they're stabilizing the property, as they're getting it renovated and bringing in higher rents, right? And then uh, the next year, maybe it's six percent, so it's even higher. And then by the time they sell, there's a certain amount of equity or profit in the property that they sold. So that's why they have to kind of look at it each year, but then give you a total at the end when they sell and divide it up by the whole time. So they might say, okay, well, cash flow was 4% and 5% and 6% and 6% and 6%. That's five years. And then when they sold, there was a, a million dollars in profit. Okay, well, they're going to take the million in profit. They're going to take the cash flow and they're going to figure out what your average annual return was for the five-year hold time. So the bottom line is you're going to have equity and you're going to have cash flow. You're going to get a share of the cash flow that's available. Okay. So now let's talk about preferred return and where that comes in. Now, preferred return is a popular term that you'll hear a lot when you're looking at investment opportunities. You'll see PREF or preferred return. And the preferred return will generally range anywhere from 6 to 8%. And so what's the difference between a preferred return and the cash flow return or the, the dividend payments or mailbox money that you get monthly or quarterly from the sponsor group? Well, the difference in a PREF and cash flow is a preferred return is, is basically the sponsor group saying to you, you will receive this amount of money, could be 6%, 8%, whatever the number is in your agreement, before the sponsorship group gets any profit sharing, right? So in other words, you're kind of almost, if the profits are there, because there's no guarantees, of course, but in a sense, you're guaranteed before the sponsors, money's up to 8% on an annual basis, right? So if it was 8% a year calculated on a five-year basis, by the time they sell, if the sponsor group could not give you an 8% preferred return by way of cash flow, okay, so let's say there wasn't enough cash flow to give you 8%. Uh, well, that doesn't mean you won't get the first 8%. It just means there wasn't enough cash flow. And that happens, especially with interest rates climbing and and you know just fluctuations in business models, stabilization periods where you're trying to renovate. You'll have draw issues with banks sometimes. I mean, there's all these things that can fluctuate. It's a business, right? No different than seeing the stock market go up and down. Obviously, your dividends go up and down with the stock market, but the overall return is is typically higher than when you started. It's great. So it's a, it's a very sound investment, but you have to understand the difference. So when you receive a preferred return, it's on paper and it's basically saying, you as investors will receive the first 8% of profit, even at sales. So let's say there was only, for example, 5% of cash flow available. Okay, cash flow, that's all there was. But you had an 8 pref. You might assume that you're getting 8% cash flow, but that's not the case. The 8 pref is different than cash flow. So let's say it was only 5%. Well, each year you would be owed 3% at exit. So by the time you sold the deal, right, you would be owed an additional, let's say, 15% before you were made whole and before profits were shared with the general partnership group. And this is usually for the holding or stabilization, let's say, process. This is during that first couple of years, holding an, an asset, holding an apartment complex that that this PREF conversation will come in. You're generally getting cash flow somewhere between six months 
and up to maybe 12, 18 months from the point of acquisition. So when you close a deal with somebody, you would generally start seeing cash flow within six to 18 months of buying that property. And then again, the cash flow can fluctuate. You might see a nice couple of distribution payments right in the beginning because there was no mortgage payment in the very beginning. Um, but remember that you're generally stabilizing these properties. You have to renovate them. You have a lot of vacancy. You're moving tenants out that maybe are delinquent and need to be evicted. And you're renovating. So you have a lot of down units. So your cash flow could, in essence, go up high. And then the next quarter or two or three could be lower in cash flow or non-existent only because of the stabilization process. But you're still owed your whatever pref you have, six or 8%. Now, let's say six months goes down the line and your cash flow returns are back up to where they were in the beginning. They're six, 8%, if that's available. Well, then when the deal exits in year five, let's say year five, if there was any number in the rears, in other words, any percentages up to the pref that were owed, well, the investors would be caught up on that pref that was owed. Uh, and then the profits would be divvied up between the sponsor group and the passive investors. So really the PREF is just sort of a security blanket. It's sort of a guarantee, if you will, saying, hey, of all the profits that are available by the time this deal sells, you will get the first 8% on an annual basis of profit available. And then splits will occur after that. Um, you'll generally see in deals let's shift from pref to cash flow back to cash flow you'll generally see the cash flow going to the passive investors 100% until you get past your pref so generally if there's um 6% cash flow 7% cash flow the passive investors will get all of that and until it gets past that 8 if it hits 8 it's almost even if it hits 9% cash flow well, then the sponsor group might start to execute their splits and share a little bit of that excess profit, GP, general partner or sponsor group, and LP, a limited partner. So keep that in mind. But if the PREF has not been hit yet by way of cash flow returns meeting that PREF, so if the cash flow is only six and the PREF is eight, the general partners generally are not taking any cash flow distributions. So just know that. The cool thing is, is a PREF is just, again, sort of a security blanket saying, hey, you're going to get this first amount of money, if you will, before the partners get anything. Um, and then cash flow is going to be the mailbox money that's actually available to distribute. So Keep in mind that number can fluctuate. The cash flow is not a guarantee. It fluctuates based on what's going on in the market and the model, but you, but you generally get the cash flow available as an investor up to the preferred return. And then remember, to equal your annual return, you need to sell because you need that, that chunk of profit at the end to add up with the cash flow you received and then divided by five years or the whole time. And that's how you come up with your annual return, right? So you generally have cash flow, you have preferred return, and then you have the equity. And that's how you end up with your annual return, right? You also have this number called IRR that I'm not going to dig into. It's a complicated number, but it's basically the cost and time value of money. So it's like the longer your money is held, the lower the IRR generally, internal rate of return. The shorter time frame your money is held, the generally the higher the IRR. But that's a number you might see as well. And IRR really has nothing to do with cash flow. And then you also, in some cases, have depreciation. But this really was to clarify the preferred return and the cash flow return and the differences and to set the expectations so that you're aware cash flow is what's available. And the preferred return is what 
you are in a sense guaranteed if it's available, if the deal returns at least 8% by the time you sell, you get that before the sponsor group receives any profit from the cash flow or sale of the property. So it's pretty cool. I hope this clears it up. We've been asked that question a lot. What's the difference between preferred return and cash flow or people that maybe think that the preferred return is the cash flow or don't even know that cash flow is actually a calculation. So I hope this clears it up. At any rate, have a fabulous day. Look forward to more of these podcasts where we educate you on things that are coming our way that we find are common questions. Take care. If you're ready to start creating your fortune today, head over to createyourfortunepodcast.com forward slash income. When you get to the page, there are two options. Option one is for you if you're not sure exactly how the investment process works or how to get ready to be an investor. We've created a short, fast class you can sign up for that will walk you through the steps and answer questions like, what does a good investment look like? And so much more. It even includes an audio version so you can quickly learn on the go as you golf, go to your day job, or work out. Just think, in a couple of days, you can start listening and learning about creating your fortune and not be stuck wondering, do I even have enough to retire? And then option two is for you if you're a sophisticated or accredited investor and have money to invest, you just need to talk to us about our next investment opportunity. You can quickly schedule a call with us and we can walk you through your options on how to get dividends flowing right away. We can help you create a plan to have three to 10,000 or even more in passive income every month that's reliable, safe, and steady. Ditch the small returns and unpredictable growth. Head over to createyourfortunepodcast.com forward slash income and let's build the life of your dreams today. <laughs>